0: Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We have a terrific show for you today. I'll call it a delicious show. I'll explain more about that in a minute. Uh, We're going to have a great time today. But uh, before we get to it, we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. As promised, we have a delicious show for you today. We have with us Lisa Eckes. She is the founder and partner with what is now known as the Eckes Group in Hatfield. How are you
1: today, Lisa? I'm great, George. So lovely to be here. Thank you.
0: Oh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, This is a unique business, uh, as I like to call it. Uh, you're in the business of creating what you like to call culinary celebrities. Uh, I'm that's,
1: pronouncing that's that right. phrase
0: correctly. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about your business.
1: Well, I founded, I founded it originally as the Lisa, first it was Lisa Eckes Public Relations, then it was the Lisa Eckes Group, and this March, we celebrated 40 years and my daughter joined me as a partner and we became the ECIS group and we specialize in representing and um, talent and book agents in the culinary niche world. So we work with food writers, chefs, cookbook writers. Uh, we dabble a little bit in wellness and health because it's all related, but anything culinary, in this country that we can put our hands and our mouths on, if you will, um, to help make some of those chefs, those food writers into known entities. Some of them for sure have become big celebrities. We launched Emerald Legacy. I had the unbelievable celebration to have Julia Child when she was alive at my at my table um we've hosted all kinds of chefs from all over the world and i take we take their ideas and we help put them in print we help get them into the media onto the pages and we share their knowledge their skill set with people all over
0: like i said a unique company there are only a, probably a few of you in the country and there's probably no one that does everything that you do. We, we've we got a lot to talk about. I am going to just start by talking about um, food and the explosion of food as, how do I describe it? A, a, a thing. People have always been interested in food. There have always been cookbooks. Um, 40 years ago, there was probably one celebrity chef. That was Julia Child. Now there that was. are- there are probably hundreds, if if not thousands of them. Explains- oh, yes.
1: Well, there was Jacques Pepin, too. Um, and there were a few, but the chefs that really became celebrities had to come out from behind the stove into the forefront. So they're a different kind of celebrity. And when when the consumer, the public realized they could go to these restaurants and meet these people, ask them about the food. And it was also, you know, that, that was so appealing, that was so exciting. And it was also a time in the 80s and the 90s when the kinds of ingredients that we could finally access were penetrating the market. There was many more fresh herbs. We had not yet hit the farm-to-table movement. Chuck Williams um, brought over the cookware from France. He had the foresight to be able to give cooks the equipment and some of the ingredients and then the knowledge and all of this came together and people went from the post-war mostly canned goods convenience 180 degrees to learning again to cook from scratch and that was an exciting time uh to put it mildly but also foreign what i would call then foreign ingredients now there are um, just almost anything you want in any kind of cuisine—Korean, um, Taiwanese, Japanese, Vietnamese. You can go to a market. You can. I, I write. Um, last week, I spent half a day making three new Taiwanese recipes from one of our cookbooks, and I had almost all the ingredients in the house. It was remarkable.
0: So the phrase people use is, is foodies. It's not a new term, but I, I explain in a little more detail how this happened, and and now food is just this enormous business with all kinds of elements to it, like you well, said, I cookbooks, think, TV shows, right. cable networks, um,
1: podcasts, podcasts, um, like blogs. People have a real insatiable curiosity, and what's some the one of the main ways that cookbooks have changed over these decades is that rather than offer simply recipes that one follows, the books started to reflect in a deep dive the cultures of food. And so like some of the cuisines that I just mentioned, uh, late 80s, 90s, you started to see these deep dives into what is Vietnamese cuisine? What is uh, Japanese? What are the elements of it? And people were traveling more. And when they traveled, they came home and they wanted to continue their experience, whether that meant going to a restaurant that served that cuisine, or in some cases, creating it at home. And it's a way to understand a people and a culture and the history it's so much more than a half a cup of this and a teaspoon of that
0: interesting so you do this all from hatfield massachusetts that just doesn't sound logical it sounds like this, <laughs> this needs well, to be in, in manhattan uh, and you were in new york right? i was but, uh, right. explain to us uh, how you came to hatfield and and how you can carry I mean now I guess almost anybody can carry on a business. Well
1: Manhattan, now but... the remote is the norm. When I left Manhattan, which was in nineteen eighty three, I left I left for love and I came up here to the valley. And there was not the kind of work that I had done. I had been working for Crown Publishers. I had worked for Random House. And I was doing uh, book PR, sending authors with new books on the road to promote them. It was nothing like that. And there was not any definition of remote at all. I was one of the first freelancers, if you will. And I just, I, I didn't know any, I knew my my, my uh, profession, but I didn't know how to create something remotely. So honestly, I made it up. I wanted to keep a job I loved doing. I talked to the company. I got them to let me work from my home office. That expanded over the years. Um, at our peak, we were about 11 employees. We have worked on thousands of cookbooks over the years. Uh, about 20 years ago, I shifted from PR to agenting. So I like to say we make people's dreams come true. Uh, you have an idea for a cookbook. There's a long process. It's not just I have an idea, publish me. But we help people figure out Do they have a saleable idea, a marketable idea? What goes into a cookbook proposal? We created a course online specifically around what do you need to do to get an agent and then with an agent, hopefully a publisher.
0: Hmm, Interesting. So stop right there for a second. What makes a cookbook a good cookbook? And, And there's, I mean years ago, like I said, people had the joy of cooking in the kitchen. They probably had a few others. Now mm-hmm. we're going to get to your library in a few minutes. But uh, now people have dozens of cookbooks on all these different subjects. And there's probably people out there thinking right now, uh, I'm a good cook. I can write a good, a good cookbook." Right. Cook. What, and what,
1: if what, what, you have family, if you have family recipes, that doesn't mean you should publish with Random House, but you might want to put together Your own version. It's very easy to create something that has legacy uh, for your family. But what makes a good cookbook? First and foremost, the recipes have to work. We'll often hear people say, oh, I tried this recipe and it didn't work or it, it, the, it was too much batter for the pan, or I didn't, it was too much salt, or there was an ingredient listed in, in the top of the recipe, but never in the body, or, or the methodology part. So a recipe has to work and it has to have ingredients that people understand and then have access to. That doesn't mean you can't substitute. It doesn't mean as you learn about Um, food ingredients, the, the kinds of, uh, foodstuffs that's in a certain culture, you can, you can learn to substitute. Uh, you don't have black pepper and you don't have white pepper. You can use black pepper. It's a slightly different taste flavor profile, but it will work. Uh, a, re- a cookbook also needs to literally tempt the senses. You want the food to look good on the page when you read it, to look at the pictures, to say, I think I can make that. It should be doable. There are always aspirational cooks who will spend three days cooking one recipe from the French laundry. That's a lot of fun, but that's not how most people work they need to get dinner on the table the other thing about a cookbook is what's the topic how do you cook if you're a vegan or do you eat a lot of seafood find recipes by someone that you trust so for instance dory greenspan is an extraordinary dessert person cook baker Anything that she puts out, you know, a hundred percent is going to work. So it's I'm not saying don't don't dabble, don't try other people, but you will learn to rely on um, certain cooks and writers. And a lot of chef's recipes don't always work because they're used to vast quantities. Of, they're having. Three, four, five sous chefs in their kitchen. So, you know, you have to you have to look at it and decide how much do you want to experiment. Uh, I also think a good cookbook should teach you something. There should be aha moments. I didn't know why they use this ingredient. I didn't understand the difference between um, Indian. Uh, Indian cinnamon and Vietnamese cinnamon, what's the history of why and how a people were conquered or wars or different influences. The pizza we have in America happened after the GIs came home. But it's actually not very much like the true pizza in Italy. So you have to—you don't have to understand it, but I find it absolutely fascinating. I geek out on all of the origins of food and ingredients and cultures.
0: Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by Peoples Bank. We're talking today with Lisa Eckes. She is the founder of the Eckes Group in Hatfield. Uh, when I visited your uh, home and your business uh, several weeks ago, I thought of uh, that old Jeopardy. Uh, actually, was the chairs episode where Cliff Claven went on uh, Jeopardy and his answer to the final Jeopardy question. Um, Alex just listed off three people and Cliff didn't know the answer. So he said, three people who have never been in my kitchen. I don't think there's three famous chef celebrities who have not been in your kitchen. This is this is where you get to name drop a little bit. Uh, talk well, about well, uh, I
1: you've mean, up Julia. There in
0: Hatfield and...
1: Julia's been in my kitchen. Charlie Trotter, Emeril Lagasse, Norman Van Aken. Um, oh my gosh, there's I just people from all over. Elizabeth Andow, who's an amazing Japanese cook. Um, we because we do immediate training courses for uh, people before they go on the road. We have had many many people um, come through our kitchen cook with us. I've cooked for them. Um, I one one thing I learned early on: never make the cuisine of the person you're hosting because there's too much pressure. Um, you know, go to something, go to something else. But you know, part of it is bringing bringing people together around a table and and it's not just the business here. Um, we have I love to entertain and we've had so many uh luminaries in in the valley i have worked extensively um with betty ross bottom i've worked with bob heis and mary lou who's passed away they ran coffee gallery and, and tea trekker you know it's really important to always have roots here in the community around food and working with the farmers uh and some of the local caterers i mean this is one of the best areas in in i think the country you know coming up here 40 years was one of the best decisions of my career in my life
0: okay that's great talk about your business a, a little bit more you've got many different aspects to it now you've got everything from like I said, the online uh, how to mm-hmm. write a cookbook. You've got uh, the, the media training. training. The media right. training. Now you've even got an Airbnb.
1: I do. Uh, I have an Airbnb attached to the between the business and the house, um, and it's as I say, tricked out for cooking. If people, if writers wanted to come, but I mean, there are a lot of tourists who come and stay for fun, for the Valley, but it's tricked out. So if someone wanted to do recipe testing or recipe developing, it's a natural extension of my business and my personal hospitality. Um, you mentioned, you know, who's been in the kitchen, but it's also about my library. Uh, I have a library of cookbooks that's uh, close to 8,000 cookbooks, and that's not a typo, an audio typo. Um, I've been collecting and and buying and and curating cookbooks for about 45 years. And it's a resource and a reference library. So many people will come in that we work with and spend some time. Um, It's fascinating to me uh, when, when everything exploded online, Uh, Many, many folks said, well, your business is going to go down because anyone can get any recipe online. And that is true, but they're not vetted necessarily. And they're not necessarily original. If you go looking for tomatoes and okra, you're going to see many layers of the same iteration of a recipe. You come into my library and you can go to the Caribbean section, the African section, the Middle Eastern section, and find the ways certain ingredients are used throughout the world. So, and there's a lot of older books as well. Um, and so, being, it's not just being an agent or being a media trainer, it's understanding how food works, why it's important. And and helping get that really important message out to the general public. Hmm. So, what this
0: library? Uh, you probably get sent books all the time. What what um, allows a book to to gain entry into the library? I actually buy a
1: lot of cookbooks, um, way more than I should. But it's funny. I'm just writing about that now. Um, it's a very personal individualized choice it has to interest me first and foremost and what interests me may be different than someone else Um, however I want to learn from it I want to be challenged by it I might know the author I might have worked with an author on book a certain book and they have others that I was not part of promoting or publishing and they're like old friends to me. Um, or I did a PR campaign for someone and then I realized I'm missing the 18th book of that, you know, that they wrote. I mean, someone like Mato Joffrey, who's an incredible Indian cook and a film actress who, um, she has dozens of books. I don't have all of them, and I walk around with a list trying to fill in. People love to give me book cookbooks, and then and also try to give me things they don't think I have. Um, my staff, when we turned forty in April, they gave me a brand new book on cookbook on borneo cooking we all had to look up where borneo was but i didn't have it and it's really bizarre but it's fascinating too so i can learn about culture and when you learn about culture you learn about community and you connect with people and i would like to think it helps us open you know our hearts our table our kitchens um there's so much now in this world with people um, having to relocate, immigrants and all? And isn't it something to understand how to welcome someone to the table with the food that they grew up with? Mm.
0: In the time we have left, I, I probably an unfair question, probably a question you can't even answer. What do you like to cook the most yourself?
1: Oh, that, I thought you were going to ask me what my favorite cookbook was, because that's the oh. one I can't. That's the one I can't answer. It's like saying which is your favorite child, but I do have favorites and categories. Um, I I go. There's a lot of things I cook repetitively. The obvious is a lot of my mother's recipes because that's what I grew up with. I mean, she made a mean brisket. I make that a lot. I love Michael McLaughlin's recipes. He's long out of print and gone from this world, but his recipes work. I'm cooking my way right now through a brand-new book, Pub Date Is Today, Brian, uh, Brian Noyes, The Red Truck Bakery Farmhouse Cookbook. You know, those are because it's new, it's different, it's one of my authors. And I also cook a lot of Asian food. That's my go to cuisine. Okay. I
0: don't know about you, but I'm hungry.
1: Hungry. I think, I think <laughs> I'm hungry, I'm gonna, Kim. <laughs> I think
0: I've got to go to lunch. Uh, anyway, Lisa, thank you for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. That was my very pleasure. informative. Very appetizing, if you will. So
1: we'll we'll have to have you around the table sometime, George. Thank you so much.
0: I eat a lot. I love to eat. That's
1: okay. I cook a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. It's
0: a perfect match. Thank you for coming on. And thank you to all of you for listening in. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.